Hi, I'm Carla Sweet. Welcome to my podcast show, Myths and Legend, where I read from a selection of classic tales and stories. Enjoy. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Partnership of the Thief and the Liar There was once upon a time a thief who, being out of a job, was wandering by himself up and down the seashore. As he walked he passed a man who was standing still, looking at the waves. I wonder, said the thief, addressing the stranger, if you have ever seen a stone swimming. Most certainly I have, replied the other man, and, what is more, I saw the same stone jump out of the water and fly through the air. This, capital, replied the thief, you and I must go into partnership. We shall certainly make our fortunes. Let us start together for the palace of the king of the neighboring country. When we get there, I will go into his presence alone and will tell him the most startling thing I can invent. Then you must follow and back up my lie. Having agreed to do this, they set out on their travels. After several days journeying, they reached the town where the king's palace was, and here they parted for a few hours. While the thief sought an interview with the king and begged his majesty to give him a glass of beer. That is impossible, said the king, as this year there has been a failure of all the crops and of the hops and the vines, so we have neither wine nor beer in the whole kingdom. How extraordinary! Answered the thief, I have just come from a country where the crops were so fine that I saw twelve barrels of beer made out of one branch of hops. I bet you three hundred florins that is not true. Answered the king, and I bet you three hundred florins it is true, replied the thief. Then each staked his three hundred florins, and the king said he would decide the question by sending a servant into that country to see if it was true. So the servant set out on horseback, and on the way he met a man, and he asked him whence he came. And the man told him that he came from the selfsame country to which the servant was at that moment bound. If that is the case, said the servant, you can tell me how high the hops grow in your country, and how many barrels of beer can be brewed from one branch. I can't tell you that, answered the man, but I happened to be present when the hop were being gathered in, and I saw that it took three men with axes three days to cut down one branch. Then the servant thought that he might save himself a long journey. So he gave the man ten florins, and told him he must repeat to the king what he had just told him. And when they got back to the palace, they came together into the king's presence. And the king asked him, Well, is it true about the hops? Yes, sire, it is, answered the servant, and here is a man I have brought with me from the country to confirm the tale. So the king paid the thief the three hundred florins. And partners once more set out together in search of adventures. As they journeyed, the thief said to his comrade, I will now go to another king and will tell him something still more startling. And you must follow and back up my lie. And we shall get some money out of him, just see if we don't. When reached the next kingdom, the thief presented himself to the king and requested him to give him a cauliflower. And the king answered, Owing to a blight among the vegetables we have no cauliflower. That is strange, answered the thief. I have just come from a country where it grows so well that one head of cauliflower filled twelve water tubs. I don't believe it, answered the king. I bet you six hundred florins it is true, replied the thief. And I bet you six hundred florins it is not true, answered the king. And he sent for a servant and ordered him to start at once for the country whence the thief had come to find out if his story of the cauliflower was true. On his journey the servant met with a man. Stopping his horse he asked him where he came from and the man replied that he came from the country to which the other was traveling. 
If that is the case, said the servant, you can tell me to what size cauliflower grows in your country. Is it so large that one head fills twelve water tubs? I have not seen that, answered the man. But I saw twelve wagons, drawn by twelve horses, carrying one head of cauliflower to the market. And the servant answered, Here are ten florins for you, my man, for you have saved me a long journey. Come with me now and tell the king what you have just told me. All right, said the man, and they went together to the palace. And when the king asked the servant if he had found out the truth about the cauliflower, the servant replied, Sire, all that you heard was perfectly true, here is a man from the country who will tell you so. So the king had to pay the thief the six hundred florins. And the two partners set out once more on their travels, with their nine hundred florins. When they reached the country of the neighboring king, the thief entered the royal presence, and began conversation by asking if his majesty knew that in an adjacent kingdom there was a town with a church steeple on which a bird had alighted. And that the steeple was so high, and the bird's beak so long, that it had pecked the stars till some of them fell out of the sky. I don't believe it, said the king. Nevertheless I am prepared to bet twelve hundred florins that it is true, answered the thief. And I bet twelve hundred florins that it is a lie, replied the king. And he straightway sent a servant into the neighboring country to find out the truth. As he rode, the servant met a man coming in the opposite direction. So he hailed him and asked him where he came from. And the man replied that he came out of the very town to which the man was bound. Then the servant asked him if the story they had heard about the bird with the long beak was true. I don't know about that, answered the man, as I have never seen the bird, but I once saw twelve men shoving all their might and main with brooms to push a monster egg into a cellar. That is capital, answered the servant, presenting the man with ten florins, come and tell your tale to the king, and you will save me a long journey. So, when the story was repeated to the king, there was nothing for him to do but to pay the thief the twelve hundred florins. Then the two partners set out again with their ill-gotten gains, which they proceeded to divide into two equal shares. But the thief kept back three of the florins that belonged to the liar's half of the booty. Shortly afterwards they each married, and settled down in homes of their own with their wives. One day the liar discovered that he had been done out of three florins by his partner, so he went to his house and demanded them from him. Come next Saturday and I will give them to you, answered the thief. But as he had no intention of giving the liar the money, when Saturday morning came he stretched himself out stiff and stark upon the bed, and told his wife she was to say he was dead. So the wife rubbed her eyes with an onion, and when the liar appeared at the door, she met him in tears, and told him that as her husband was dead he could not be paid the three florins. But the liar, who knew his partner's tricks, instantly suspected the truth, and said, as he has not paid me, I will pay him out with three good lashes of my riding whip. At these words the thief sprang to his feet, and, appearing at the door, promised his partner that if he would return the following Sadie would pay him. So the liar went away satisfied with this promise. But when sad morning came the thief got up early and hid himself under a truss of hay in the hayloft. When the liar appeared to demand his three florins, the wife met him with tears in her eyes, and told him that her husband was dead. Where have you buried him? asked the liar. In the hayloft, answered the wife. Then I will go there, and take away some hay in payment of his debt, said the liar. And proceeding to the hayloft, he began to toss about the hay with a pitchfork, prodding it into the trusses of hay, till, in terror of his life. The thief crept out and promised his partner to pay him the three florins on the following Saturday. When the day came he got up at sunrise, and going down into the crypt of a neighboring chapel, stretched himself out quite still and stiff in an old stone coffin. But the liar, who was quite as clever as his partner, very soon bethought him of the crypt, and set out for the chapel. Confident that he would shortly discover the hiding place of his friend. He had just entered the crypt, and his eyes were not yet accustomed to the darkness, when he heard the sound of whispering at the grated windows. Listening intently, he overheard the plotting of a band of robbers, who had brought their treasure to the crypt, meaning to hide it there. While they set out on fresh adventures, 
All the time they were speaking they were removing the bars from the window and in another minute they would all have entered the crypt and discovered the liar. Quick as thought he wound his mantle round him and placed himself, standing stiff and erect, in a niche in the wall, so that in the dim light he looked just like an old stone statue. As soon as the robbers entered the crypt, they set about the work of dividing their treasure. Now there were twelve robbers, but by mistake the chief of the band divided the gold into thirteen heaps. When he saw his mistake he said they had not time to count it all over again, but that the thirteenth heap should belong to whoever among them could strike off the head of the old stone statue in the niche with one stroke. With these words he took up an axe and approached the niche where the liar was standing. But, just as he had waved the axe over his head ready to strike, a voice was heard from the stone coffin saying, in sepulchral tones, Clear out of this, or the dead will arise from their coffins, and the statues will descend from the walls, and will be driven out more dead than alive, and with a bound the thief jumped out of his coffin and the liar from his niche. And the robbers were so terrified that they ran helter-skelter out of the crypt, leaving all their gold behind them, and vowing that they would never put foot inside the haunted place again. So the partners divided the gold between them and carried it to their homes, and history tells us no more about them. The little grey man, a nun, a countryman, and a blacksmith were once wandering through the world together. One day they lost their way in a thick, dark forest and were thankful when they saw, in the distance, the walls of a house where they hoped they might obtain refuge for the night. When they got close to the house they found that it was an old deserted castle, fast falling into ruins, but with some of the rooms in it still habitable. As they were homeless they determined to take up their abode in the castle, and they arranged that one of them should always stay at home and keep house, while the other two went out into the world to seek their fortunes. The lot of remaining at home fell first to the nun, and when the countryman and the blacksmith had gone out into the wood, she set to work, tiddied up the house, and prepared all the food for the day. As her companions did not come home for their midday meal, she ate up her own portion and put the rest in the oven to keep warm. Just as she was sitting down to sew, the door opened and a little grey man came in, and, standing before her, said, Oh, how cold I am. The nun was very sorry for him, and said at once, Sit down by the fire and warm yourself. The little man did as he was told, and soon called out, Oh, how hungry I am. The nun answered, There is food in the oven, help yourself. The little man did not need to be told twice. For he set to work and ate up everything with the greatest possible dispatch. When the nun saw this she was very angry and scolded the dwarf because he had left nothing for her companions. The little man resented her words and flew into such a passion that he seized the nun, beat her, and threw her first against one wall and then against the other. When he had nearly killed her he left her lying on the floor and hastily walked out of the house. In the evening the countryman and the blacksmith returned home and when they found, on demanding their dinner, that there was nothing left for them, they reproached the nun bitterly and refused to believe her when she tried to tell them what ha happened. The next day the countryman asked to be left in charge of the house and promised that, if he remained at home, no one should go hungry to bed. So the other two went out into the forest, and the countryman having prepared the food for the day ate up his own portion and put the rest in the oven. Just as he had finished clearing away, the door opened and the little grey man walked in, and this time he had to heads. He shook and trembled as before and exclaimed, Oh, how cold I am! The countryman, who was frightened out of his wits, begged him to draw near the fire and warm himself. Soon after the dwarf looked greedily round, and said, Oh, how hungry I am, there is food in the oven, so you can eat, replied the countryman. Then the little man fell to with both his heads, and soon finished the last morsel. When the countryman scolded him for this proceeding he treated him exactly as he had done the nun, and left the poor fellow more dead than alive. Now when the blacksmith came home with the nun in the evening, and found nothing for supper, he flew into a passion 
and swore that he would stay at home the following day, and that no one should go supperless to bed. When day dawned the countryman and the nun set out into the wood, and the blacksmith prepared all the food for the day as the others had done. Again the grey dwarf entered the house without knocking, and this time he had three heads. When he complained of cold, the blacksmith told him to sit near the fire, and when he said he was hungry, the blacksmith put some food on a plate and gave it to him. The dwarf made short work of what was provided for him, and then, looking greedily round with his six eyes, he demanded more. When the blacksmith refused to give him another morsel, he flew into a terrible rage, and proceeded to treat him in the same way as he had treated his companions. But the blacksmith was a match for him, for he seized a huge hammer and struck off two of the dwarf's heads with it. The little man yelled with pain and rage, and hastily fled from the house. The blacksmith ran after him, and pursued him for a long way, but at last they came to an iron door. And through it the little creature vanished. The door shut behind him, and the blacksmith had to give up the pursuit and return home. He found that the nun and the countryman had come back in the meantime, and they were much delighted when he placed some food before them and showed them the two heads he had struck off with his hammer. The three companions determined there and then to free themselves from the power of the great dwarf, and the very next day they set to work to find him. They had to walk a long way and to search for many hours before they found the iron door through which the dwarf had disappeared, and when they had found it they had the greatest difficulty in opening it. When at last they succeeded in forcing the lock, they entered a large hall in which sat a young and lovely girl, working at a table. The moment she saw the nun, the blacksmith, and the countryman, she fell at their feet, thanking them with tears in her eyes for having set her free. She told them that she was a king's daughter who had been shut up in the castle by a mighty magician. The day before, just about noon, she had suddenly felt the magic power over her disappear, and ever since that moment she had eagerly awaited the arrival of her deliverers. She went on to say that there was yet another princess shut up in the castle, who had also fallen under the might of the magician. They wandered through many halls and rooms till at last they found the second princess, who was quite as grateful as the first, and thanked the three companions most warmly for having set her free. Then the princesses told their rescuers that a great treasure lay hidden in the cellars of the castle, but that it was carefully guarded by a fierce and terrible dog. Nothing daunted, they all went down below at once, and found the fierce animal mounting guard over the treasure as the princesses had said. But one blow from the blacksmith's hammer soon made an end of the monster, and they found themselves in a vaulted chamber full of gold and silver and precious stones. Beside the treasure stood a young and handsome man, who advanced to meet them and thanked the nun, the blacksmith, and the countryman, for having freed him from the magic spell he was under. He told them that he was a king's son, who had been banished to this castle by a wicked magician, and that he had been changed into the three-headed dwarf. When he had lost two of his heads the magic power over the two princesses had been removed, and when the blacksmith had killed the horrible dog, then Edo had been set free. To show his gratitude he begged the three companions to divide the treasure between them, which they did, but there was so much of it that it took a very long time. The princesses, too, were so grateful to their rescuers, that one married the blacksmith, and the other the countryman. Then the prince claimed the nun as his bride, and they all lived happily together till they died. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.